Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What's up, Wrestle Talk fans and family? Nightmare Jones here once again with the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. And oh my goodness, we've got the live stream going. We got people already talking. What's going on, Mojo? What's going on, Assad? Big shout out to you guys. This is going to be an absolutely amazing show, but before we do anything else, Ladies and gentlemen, we got to thank our sponsors. We got to thank Painter's Dream Productions, um, KC Dental, uh, Mark Marrow, just to name a few, um, Jay Hollywood. It's me speaking to, to you, the conspiracy theory. All these people are going to be Thank you, thanking you all. Thank you all for for so for the sponsors and you. Sorry, this is my first time doing live, so I'm kind of I'm nervous a little bit, but I think I'm gonna be okay. I think I'm gonna be okay. What's going on, Marcus? Well, absolutely. Thanks for for catching us live after having a phone for not for two years. Heck yeah! But anyways, yeah, we got Chasing Rants coming on. We got Jim Hales coming on. Um, tonight we do not have the. Uh, Night Owl Renee Martinez because he is still celebrating the the uh, Super Bowl win of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, but I do have a backup, like I always do. I always have a backup. So, ladies and gentlemen, the man that is always, always, always has the Rest Talk podcast is back, Dynamo Pro's own... Luke Roberts. And don't tell me if you can hit that music real quick for us. Well, Joe Lance, I got to tell you right now, it's a great night here on the Russell Talk podcast. I mean, it's unfortunate 
that the Night Owl is not going to be able to join us this evening. I mean, after all, a lot of people have been saying, I have to take a word from my good friend Jeremy Carp over at the I-70 Sports Podcast and a, a very strong supporter of the WrestleTalk Podcast. You know something? It's really becoming to where the great state of Missouri, that's right, Missouri, not Kansas, as some people have said as of late. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, as you sit there and you look at it, Missouri is really becoming the state of champions. I mean, if you sit there and you look at it, the St. Louis Blues are the defending Stanley Cup champions, and now the Vince Lombardi Trophy making its way to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I have to say congratulations to them. I know the Night Owl has definitely got to be getting his celebration on. I think oh. tomorrow is the victory parade. I mean, from what I've heard, the weather is supposed to be wonderful here in the Midwest. I mean, it, it's going to be uh, again, I've heard it was 70 degrees uh, Monday afternoon, and now we're looking tomorrow at low low 30s and the potential of four inches of snow. So, I mean, again, right now, the weather in St. Louis has been kind of crummy, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am fired up tonight for the WrestleTalk podcast. We've got the Team Vision Dojo going to be on the program. We've got uh, big time Jim Harris is going to be on the program. And, and again, Joe, I gotta say thank you to intern Timmy to get that music to get me fired up. A great night, jams and slams this past Saturday in St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri, at Midwest Sports Hockey. Almost 700 people were in attendance to see jams and slams. And I gotta tell you, big news coming out of jams and slams. I'm gonna hold on to that for a little bit later because we got a lot of great things going on. But Joe, I gotta ask you, how in the world are you? I mean, it's been a busy week in pro wrestling. It's been a busy week in pro sports. How have you been doing, Nightmare Jones? Oh, I am doing absolutely amazing. Uh, this microphone I got is is uh, working well. I've got a good job. I've got a good family. I'm good. I I could not be better. I I got off off early a little bit yesterday, so I was actually able. To watch Monday Night Raw, but we're going to get all into everything that, that's been going on in professional wrestling when we get into the high spots. Uh, but before we do anything else, there is one thing that we have to do, Luke Roberts, and that's what we do every time, and that is pay homage to the greatest country in America, in the world, America, damn it. Oh.
my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, what to talk about. But there's one thing I wanted to talk about. See, last week, I made the comment that Charlotte Flair was going to be facing Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And Renee instantly said, no, it was never going to happen. That NXT isn't big enough for WrestleMania. And yet last night, they started the whole angle with Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And I want to know what your thoughts are, Luke, about what you think about the possibility of Charlotte Flair facing Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Well, Joe, I got to tell you right now, and again, you're not lying to the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast. You're not lying to the Wrestle Talk family. You referenced this, and I'll be honest with you, you've been talking about this for quite a while. It really surprised me, not in the idea of seeing Rhea Ripley having the opportunity to really kind of emerge out of NXT and move on to the bigger, the bigger stage, if you will. But you have to look at it from a point of view. It's, it's really unique in the wording of the winners of the Royal Rumble, that they get to mm-hmm. have a championship matchup at WrestleMania. And I got to tell you last night, much like you um, Joe, I looked at it as soon as I heard Rhea Ripley's music hit. Just something about me really intrigues me about this match. And, and again, Charlotte Flair was right on point. She's wrestled Becky Lynch. She's wrestled Bailey. She's wrestled Sasha Banks. She's wrestled Natalia. She's wrestled pretty much a who's who in the WWE. But the wrestling fans have been asking, what happens when you put Charlotte Flair and somebody like a Rhea Ripley or a Shayna Baszler or a Tony Storm or any number of female competitors from NXT. What happens when you put them together? And I've got to tell you right now, that one little interaction last night on Monday Night Raw definitely made me want to turn my WWE network on and USA on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, and see what is Charlotte's response going to be. I'm going to tell you right now. I I think that right now, when it comes down to it, you if I'm Charlotte Flair, I almost now have been backed into a corner and have to take this matchup. Because to yeah. me, I think if you want to make a statement in pro wrestling, if you want to show that you are the queen of professional wrestling, as Charlotte Flair has said in a multiple times, I think now ten times champion within the WWE, to further cement your legacy, you have to take the matchup against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Now, Joe, while we're talking about women's wrestling, I have something that I want to kind of talk to you about, and it's something that I think a lot of wrestling fans were very surprised about last night. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily the matchup between Liv Morgan and Lana, which a lot of wrestling fans have really been kind of uh, vocal about. I guess I'll yeah. leave it at that. But the big the big news is the return of Ruby Riot. And, Joe, i got to mm-hmm. tell you, I've been around wrestling a long time. I'm confused a little bit here. And my question is, what was your take of the return of Ruby Riot after close to nine months? They talked about it on air. Nine months after having double shoulder surgery, what were your yeah. thoughts about the return of Ruby Riot? Oh, I thought that it was absolutely amazing. 
Um, and it, it definitely works because right now Liv Morgan is one of the most talked about wrestlers right now, B.O., because she just came back. So they kind of wanted to get away from this uh, Liv Morgan and Lana storyline, and they wanted to go more towards a, um, you know, they wanted to, to, to give Liv Morgan a, a, a different storyline. So what better of a storyline than have former best friends going at each other? So, you know, I think that, that it benefits Liv Morgan. I think that it benefits Ruby Riot. And I'm interested to see what exactly they're going to go with this feud. Well, you know, Joe, I'm going to be the one to be looking at this from a completely different perspective. And my Mm -hmm. perspective here is this. You've got two great wrestlers. I mean, one might question my statement there, knowing full while you're talking about Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. But the one thing that really makes me wonder is, where does Sarah Logan fit into the equation? Sarah Logan is a very accomplished in-ring competitor. And now all of a sudden, my question is, not only do we see this idea, this issue between Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan start to take shape, but also, what happens? Do we get to see Sarah Logan? And do we, in turn, get to see basically a complete implosion of the Riot Squad? Um... You know, that is a really, really, really good question. I mean, you know, what is going to happen with, with, with Sarah Logan? Since Ruby Riot has been gone and Liv Morgan has been doing her own thing, Sarah Logan has kind of, have you know, gone her own way. You know, she's now doing this kind of like a, a not a, a Viking gimmick like uh, uh, the uh, Viking Raiders, but like her own own gimmick, so, uh, you know, I, that that's a really, really good question. We would love to, to know what the fans think. If you want to talk to us, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. And, you know, Rick Olsen on, on the Facebook Live, he says that Ruby Riot is a beast in the ring. Liv Morgan is not the right person to get a push off of. Maybe he's right, you know. Maybe Morgan isn't the best person for for uh, Ruby Riot to, to get a push off on. That's a good insight, uh, 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 right, Rick. Well, do you, you know something, Joe? I mean, I'm going to look at it this way. I mean, again, when you've got Liv Morgan, I mean, she's been gone for a while. And, and again, a lot of people may say, oh, well, Liv, Liv Morgan doesn't belong in the situation. I can tell you right now, I think when it came to the Riot Squad, I think all three of these ladies brought their own little piece of the puzzle to the table. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can agree to a certain uh, to a certain extent, but I, I really am kind of interested personally, how is this all going to take shape? While I'm looking at it, too, here, Joe, um, I want to look at something. I want to kind of change gears here for a minute because I've got a couple other things on my mind. But I want to switch to tag team wrestling here. And I think you know where I'm going. Talking about SmackDown uh, this past week and the reemergence of the Tuesday Night Delight, or I guess now we'd have to call them the Friday Night Delight, or we go back to the Shaman of Sexy, 
the guru of greatness, John Morrison, and The Miz getting back as a tag team and now being number one contenders, if I'm not mistaken, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships presently held by the New Day. My question, yeah. Jonesy, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there to you. What do you think about the return of John Morrison and now this reunion, if you will, of the team known for the dirt sheet? I am a big fan of John Morrison's return. I, I think that you know they are are, are doing all of the, the right things right now for his return, and and not just strictly starting him off as a singles competitor but almost like starting him off where he left off with a tag team with the Miz, and it helps John Morrison and it helps the Miz as 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 well. Because I gotta be honest, I like the Miz more as a heel than I do a face. I think that the Miz is much better as a heel than he is a face. So I feel that that they can be still a tag team again is helping out both competitors in the long run. Well, you know, Jonesy, I, I was just waiting for you with that kind of a commentary. I was just waiting for you to start basically um, giving your, your thoughts on The Miz and kind of emulating The Miz right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. But, you know, you talk about tag team wrestling, and I, I really think – that while it's great to see Morrison and The Miz back together, I it's one of those questions where, where simply put, as we're looking at things here, uh, what's going to happen when the New Day and Miz and Morrison meet up? That's going to be the question that a lot of fans are going to be talking about, and I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of fans are going to be very very interested as to how this is all going to um, materialize on the way to the road to WrestleMania. Now, speaking of tag teams, I'm going to completely yeah. shift gears here, and let's talk about the brand new, or I guess I don't actually want to say the brand new tag team champions right now, but definitely say the new AEW tag team champions in Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. And i got to tell you right yeah. now, this is a team, Joe, that has all the makings to be one of the best tag teams, in my opinion, in AEW history. But what is the deal here now of kind of, um, I, I dare say, more or less kind of giving us this idea that the elite is no more? I mean, to me, you know firsthand that the elite has been very high for a long time on Hangman Adam Page. And now that Hangman Adam Page is holding championship gold in AEW, Mm -hmm. it now seems like we're going to be to a point of how long can Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page work together. And I'm going to tell you, to me, these two men have all of the makings of a great long-time tag team championship run here in AEW. My question to you, Joe, is what are your thoughts about not only the brand-new AEW tag team champion, but also the problems that they seem to be having as of late? And it's not even really problems, but 
the issues, the potential problems that could be coming down the road between Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks. Yeah, you know, it, it's I'm uh, definitely interested to, to to see exactly where this is going to be uh, going, but I, I, I definitely like uh, the uh, thoughts of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page uh, working together as a tag team, and you know, it, it's tough to 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 say what what's what's going to happen with the easily. I mean, you know, you you never know what is is going to happen in AEW. Like everything in AEW just it just seems to whatever happens happens. So, you know, I I'm kinda interested to to see exactly what is is, is gonna happen with this tag team, if this tag team is gonna survive or, you know, if if, if it was just a a, you know, one time thing tag tag team in winning their belt and then the first title defense, they lose it. You know, it's it's tough to uh, uh, say. Well, Joe, I mean, again, it's one of those where I'm really interested in seeing what this is going to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, another thing that really interests me in AEW is this current problem that it has really kind of materialized between the American Nightmare Cody and MJF. And I'm going to tell you right now, from my understanding, if I'm not mistaken, there were three conditions that MJF put out in order for this match to happen, uh, at least on February 29th, as a part of AEW's next pay-per-view event. Number one was the idea that um, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare Cody, has to wrestle Wardlow inside a steel cage. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is going to be a challenge in itself. I don't see a lot of people right now being able to go toe-for-toe with this man who's now really been associated with MJF. Uh, The second thing is, I believe, taking place tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite, and that is the situation of where Cody has to take 10 lashes with a leather belt from MJF. And i got to tell you right now, I've been in the ring. I know what it takes. I've seen a lot of professional wrestling matches where a lot of things have taken place. Matter of fact, I was a part, I was there live when Lights Out Adrian Surge and the Wind of Destruction Mikazi took part in a Lumberjack strap match for the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship. And just the idea of getting hit multiple times with a leather strap, that's extremely painful. And the idea of the American Nightmare being willing to take 10 lashes with a leather belt in order to be able to get a chance at MJF, I mean, mm-hmm. that shows the true grit and determination of the American Nightmare. And, of course, the wild card is Cody cannot touch MJF prior to the event on the 29th. And I'm going to tell you right now, from what I've seen as a late, that's probably going to be the biggest thing that Cody's going to have to make sure he can keep his keep his anger in check in order to make sure that match happens as a part of AEW's next pay-per-view. And like I said, in just about five minutes, we're going to have our guest from Team Vision Dojo, Jason Rant's going to be on the program here. Make it a point, check us out uh, on the Facebook live feed. Check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Also, give us a call, 657-383-1521. Uh, like I said, we're going to have a lot of great 
guest here tonight. We all want to thank everybody who's checking us out on the Facebook live feed. Uh, Joe, I've got one more thing before we close up this high spot segment here this evening, and that is the ending of Monday Night Raw last night. We had the opportunity to see three men vying for an opportunity to compete against Brock Lesnar at uh, the event over in the uh, in Saudi Arabia. That yes. being uh, Bobby Lashley, um, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, and Ricochet. Ricochet winding up getting the victory and in turn getting a chance to wrestle for the WWE uh, Universal Championship. I, I, I'll be honest with you, to me, Ricochet really brings a unique dynamic to this matchup uh, coming up because Brock Lesnar has, while he's competed against lighter competitors, I've got to tell you right now, Brock Lesnar, I think, is going to have his hands full with Ricochet because Ricochet is so innovative inside the ring. I agree. Joe, Joe, what, I mean, again, as you were looking at the main event here uh, last night, what are your thoughts now as we move forward? I think it's in three weeks. Brock Lesnar taking on Ricochet for the WWE Universal Championship. Um, I, I feel that it, it's going to be a a, a very good match. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of Brock Lesnar going for Ricochet, Ricochet moving, and it's probably going to end up finishing with Brock Lesnar finally getting a hold of Ricochet, and you know nobody. <laughs> that Ricochet is going to win the championship because we all know that at WrestleMania it's Brock Lesnar against Drew uh, McIntyre. Um, but I, I feel that it's going to be a very, very good match and you made a very, very good point. Brock Lesnar has always had trouble with competitors that are smaller than him. Daniel Bryan, um, AJ Styles. So him facing Ricochet, it's it's not guaranteed that it's going to be a squash match, but it, it's going to be a definitely going to be a good match. Well, like I said, Joe. I mean, again, there's a lot of great things going on in the world of professional wrestling, and, and like I said, um, I, I know we were talking about the idea that we were going to be real close to having our first guest come on the program in just a minute. But, Joe, I know we have just a couple minutes, and I do want to throw one more thing here just because of the idea that we have just a couple minutes left. I know that you and the Night Owl are both very aware as well as a lot of media outlets all across the country knowing about Dynamo Pro Wrestling's Jams and Slams event. And as we, as we know, coming out of that event, we saw – uh, Rain Victoria, the Empress of Evil, continuing to hold the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Women's Championship, now number two all-time in Dynamo Pro history as the second le- uh, longest-reigning champion in promotional history. But the thing that I have to say really took me back the most as a part of Jams and Slams was the Bragging Rights matchup between Lights Out Adrian Surge, the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, and the Dynamo Pro T1 champion, Camaro Jackson. And for those that haven't had an opportunity, check out Dynamo Pro, Facebook, Twitter, DynamoProWrestling.com. Big news coming out of Jams and Slams. Camaro Jackson walking out of the bragging rights matchup. No titles on the line. But as the 
name says, bragging rights in the Dynamo Pro Champion. And Camaro Jackson walking away with the W at Jams and Slams. Uh, Joe, I know you've had the opportunity to talk to both men right here on the WrestleTalk podcast. What are your thoughts about Camaro Jackson walking out of Jams and Slams with the W at the bragging rights match? Oh, I, um, you know, I, I think that this is going to set up another match between these two competitors because, you know, those two competitors are amazing competitors themselves. You put them both in the ring against each other, and you are guaranteed to have a A++++ match. Or, if if you also would like, like, like to call, you put those two together... It's a instant Dave Meldra five-star match. And I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. And like I said, a lot of fans are uh, were made aware at Jams and Slams. The road for uh, Lights Out Adrian Surge is not going to get any easier at Mardi Gras Mayhem on Saturday night, February 22nd at the Concordia Turner's Gymnasium as Lights Out Adrian Surge having to defend the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the returning Roman Dynasty KD Violence, Kareem Brigante. I got to tell you, Joe, when you look at what's coming up on Lights Out Adrian Surge coming up in the next few weeks in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, uh, he didn't get his 20, uh, 2020 the way uh, he wanted to start off. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to have to get back in the mindset of what got him to the dance to be the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion because if he doesn't come prepared to Mardi Gras Mayhem, it may be two in a row, and this time two in a row would mean that he walks out without a championship belt. i got to tell you, it's going to definitely be a great night of pro wrestling on October 22nd. It's going to be a great night of wrestling on February 22nd, live at the Concordia Turner's Gymnasium. Well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much concludes our high spot segment here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, Joe, I know in just a few moments we're going to have a representative here from the Team Vision Dojo out of Florida. That's one of the great things about the Wrestle Talk podcast. We're always bringing the best in professional wrestling, not here in the Midwest, not just on the East Coast, but across this country. And, and Joe, I know you got a chance. Um, has intern Timmy giving you the message yet as to our, our guest is on hold? Yes, we we do have our guest ready. Uh, so why don't you do the honors and introduce uh, uh, our, our first hour guest, and uh, we'll have intern to hit the hit the music, and we'll be good to go. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the Wrestle Talk podcast, it is our honor and privilege to have uh, a representative who not only represents the Team Vision Dojo out of Florida, but also a man who is very well-known in the world of professional wrestling, nearing 20 years inside the squared circle. He has competed for some of the greatest promotions, not just here in the United States, but across this planet. i got to tell you right now, uh, I had an opportunity to do a little bit of research. The man is known in a lot of places as the independent sensation, but tonight he is going to be the Wrestle Talk sensation right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. It is our honor and privilege. Intern Timmy, if you would hit the music for our guest from the Team Vision Dojo out of Florida, Jason Rance, right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Intern Timmy, again, hit the music. Thank you. 
everybody. Can you hear me? All right, Jason, we're going to have to we're going to have to hey. take a second here and get intern Timmy to get stuff taken care of here. Uh, again, a great introduction here, right here tonight on the Russell Talk podcast. It is our honor and privilege to have Chase and Rant representing the Team Vision Dojo. And I know, Chase, and before we get started, I know you're a very busy man. Um, can you tell us what's going on right this yeah. very minute as we speak? At this minute, I just finished lacing up my last boot. I'm putting on my armbands, and I am next match. Oh, wow. Like, like I said, so, you don't, you don't I just got finished teaching. Uh, I wasn't going to finish. I just got finished teaching a class with a. I had Ivelisse and Josh Woods. Ivelisse, who's done the WWE, NXT, Impact, everything. The Relooch Underground. And Josh Woods is coming here to work out, who's typically one of my assistant trainers on Thursdays. And we just got done running a class, and we ran a free trial class. We're getting ready to move to a new location. We're just doing a few things to celebrate, and we're having a fan appreciation night. And my match happens to be next because Teddy Hart's late, or else he'd be next. Wow. Well, I guess that's one of the that's one of the things in the world of professional wrestling. As a professional wrestler, you always have to be prepared because there's that one little line you always see, whether it's in a program or a poster or whatever, card subjects to change and that's one of the things that you sit here and you look at and again that shows the true professionalism of Jason Rance. Now Jason I know that you're very busy, but I want to go ahead, first of all, for those that listen here to the Wrestle Talk podcast, you've been around wrestling for a long time. Can you explain to the wrestling fans what got you hooked into the world of professional wrestling? Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a little bit more than 20 years, and I'm only 36. But, uh, I mean, I don't really know. I don't remember because I was so young. But I can tell you some things I remember. One, I had a cousin that was a silent backer in a promotion, ICW, with Mario Savoldi in New York. I live in Miami, but I have a lot of family in New York. But uh, he ran shows, and then I went to shows up there, independent shows, WWE shows, where my cousin Howard Rapp would be introduced especially, and I always wanted to wrestle. People that wanted to play football, baseball, whatever, I wanted to wrestle. So at six years old, I started uh, martial arts in Miami and uh, had a great instructor, Michael Kaplan, that went to high school with my mom, and he's a, he's a badass. And uh, started pro wrestling at 15 years old with Rusty Brooks, training under him, Rocky Johnson, the Warlord, and a few others down in uh, South Florida. Well, like I said, that 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 list right there, I mean, again, it is quite impressive to the the names of those who gave up their time, again, sitting under the learning tree, so to speak, of professional wrestling. Now, I, I would be remiss. If I didn't take some time to talk about, I mean, your list of, of professional wrestling promotions that you've been a part of, I mean, again, it's pretty much a who's who, not just here in the States, but in, in the, on the, the planet as well. I was doing our research, and again, I have to thank intern Jimmy among others. Even though he can't turn down the music, he does do a great deal with research. And, and the first thing I look at is I go back, and I look back into 2004, and, and two things really stood out to me here was you had spent a, a short amount of time uh, competing in both TNA and a very early MLW. Can you tell the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast about your time? I mean, again, it was a long time ago. But for talk sure, about your sure. time in oh. those two promotions. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. So MLW started in 2002 in, like, the Northeast area, but then it came down to Florida. And in 2003 – um, when they were coming to Orlando, I was uh, 
I got offered a spot as a referee just to come in. Someone's like, hey, they need an extra referee. You want to come in? I said, sure. Um, what's up? Him? Yeah. I'm sorry. We're just getting – I'm getting ready for my next match. Him out first, then me. Um, so I got a spot, and I gave Court Bauer my tape and Andy Weinberg too, and they really liked my stuff. So they didn't have me referee again until they called me right before and said, hey, bring your ref stuff, bring your wrestling stuff. And then I was CM Punk straight edge referee in 2003 with uh, against Raven. And then I had a little bit of a faction with CM Punk and Nosawa. And then MLW closed again, then restarted. And then I was wrestling in the junior heavyweight division with like Sanjay Dutt, Jack Evans, TJ Perkins. Um, and it went really well, but then it closed. And then we were going to restart as H2, then back to MLW. And then when MLW came back just a few years later, I did the ring rentals for them. But then they expanded more nationally, and I'm busy with my own stuff. And then with TNA, I was supposed to wrestle for them up in Nashville, but then I heard they were moving to Orlando, so I waited, which probably I should have just taken the opportunity to go up to Nashville. And I wrestled off and on for TNA from 04 to 07, where sometimes I'd wrestle, but I'd get a call from someone in the WWE offices, hey, maybe uh, don't have as many matches, because my win-loss streak wasn't that great in TNA, so he didn't want me to look like I was losing too much there. So I would either do the LAX and put the mask on, or I'd be an Italian with Bubba Dudley, or I'd just be in the back sitting next to Terry Taylor under the learning tree, and then whatever other producers are there. And then I'd be the one to uh, smile and flirt with the concession people to get all of us free food in the back so while we're watching the show, because they used to try to charge the uh, more veteran guys back there. Um, but all that was really good. And then just in 07, when uh, Russo came in, He's trying to change things a little bit. I went back to TNA in 2010 with Scott, 2009 actually, and then with Scott Hall in 2010. Then I went to WWE. I signed a contract with uh, the Milton Wilpon Company, and then uh, some ghosts from my past happened to come up because uh, I was on the reality show for VH1, and I got set up, and that was my time there. But I had a great time at TNA, and then I had a lot of students that have wrestled for TNA, and I've been backstage there or at the shows just there to support them. It'd be great if they came back to Orlando. And well, same with my students in MLW. Well, one thing you got to look at, Jason, and again, just giving some of that information. I mean, again, looking back, and again, nowadays, uh, Impact Wrestling really kind of making yet another resurgence in the world of professional wrestling as well as MLW. Having the idea mm-hmm. or having the, the information that you shared really has been kind of eye-opening. I, I would be um, – I would feel kind of out of place here tonight if I didn't turn things over to to my broadcast colleague, Joe Lance, because I know when we talked about the Team Vision Dojo, we talked about having Chase and Rance on the program. My, my uh, broadcast colleague, Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance, has been chomping at the bit. He's got a ton of questions. So, Joe, I'm going to turn things over to you and let you have some time with the indep- with the with the sensation himself, Chase. <laughs> hey, Absolutely. Joe. Yeah, when I started wrestling – Hey, Joe, 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 let me just cut off real quick. I've been going by Chisel, Chase, and Rance. When I started wrestling for MLW, they had me drop the independent sensation because MLW didn't want to be considered an independent. And then after that, I was just wrestling around a lot. So, um, But, Joe, how's it going? Oh, it is going absolutely amazing. Uh, I guess that, that my first question is, what exactly is Team Vision Dojo? For, for those that don't know what Team Vision Dojo is. Okay, for sure. So Team Vision is a group of myself and a couple other visionaries in wrestling that we started in 2002. It would be myself, Mr. St. Laurent, SoCal Val, and Manny Montana. 
and we used to travel around and we would take over little like wrestling promotions or little schools not totally take it over but we would like control it for a little bit of time just like hey this is our time rented this is the team vision dojo whoever wants to train under me you're welcome to and uh, Manny Montana's really good SoCal Val I'm sure everybody knows her but I trained her and she did really well in wrestling and Mr. St. Laurent's the VP of MLW now and uh then Manny Montana kind of disappeared, and we recruited Larry Zabisco. So then Larry's been with us for a long time, and then we've had other guests as far as our group team vision, as far as Matt Morgan, Teddy Hart, Steve Carino. And then we, I just continued to train people, and more people wanted to get trained. And then eventually I got my own spot here where I'm at right now. And we've been in this one location for 12 years, and I just uh, bought a new spot in Winter Park. I also have a Tampa affiliate in, uh, in, uh, in Tampa. Uh, with, where I run a school with Matt Seidel there, but just to not to confuse people, we call it the Sai Dojo, S-Y-D-O-J-O, and we got the TV dojo here. Um, so it was just a place where I can help train everybody and get them really good. When I can't do it too much myself anymore, I want to be able to train the best people I can, and my main focus is training these students. I know some people with schools, like there's a lot of really good schools out there, but sometimes the guys might focus on themselves or be busy with other things. This is my mm-hmm. number one thing. Absolutely. Uh, so what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy wrestling more? Or do you enjoy the aspects of training? More? Well, some of my favorite personal matches are matches that I helped my students do. So like, well, I've okay. had really good matches. Like you, like you said, I've wrestled for WWE, New Japan, all these, every big company. But like, sometimes it's like, oh, when they really get in, I see them working together. The matches are great, and I love wrestling my students, too. I'm about to go out there and wrestle one of my students, Josh Dawkins, that's been wrestling for just over a year now, and he's been doing really, really well, so that's going to be one to watch out for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I guess that my last question, before I throw it back to uh, Luke, is is just can you name some of the uh, uh, people that have trained under Team Vision Dojo? Oh, there's a there's a laundry list of them. If you went to like cagematch.net, you could see a lot of the people that uh, I've trained there. And, like really, like I have I have I have students in WWE, AEW, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor. Um, so and then like uh, for example, like you know I trained uh, Scott Hall and Larry Zbysko. Larry Zbysko has been my roommate for the past 14 years, but I trained his son, who was rookie of the year. I trained Cody Hall, who was the runner up. I've trained, like right now, Amber Nova just got done def- defending the Orlando Women's Championship. She's wrestled on uh, Impact and WWE NXT, and she moved here from South Carolina on her own just to pursue wrestling here. Um, Casey Lennox is in the ring right now wrestling her partner, Aaron Epic, and I've had Epic with me since 2002. And uh, Casey's been training with me a little bit less time than Amber, and she's uh, she does some announcing stuff for MLW. Uh, but again, you, you, the the list and the pictures you can see on social media of the people that train here and that I've trained, uh, it's huge. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! Wow, like this is is absolutely amazing to be able to talk to somebody that not only has had such a, a big wrestling career, but has also, you know, trained some some really really awesome people, and so they don't. You don't just think about your, yourself. You just want them to have the best match that they possibly can. Uh, Luke Roberts. That, that and not get hurt. Exactly, exactly. You don't want anybody to get That's like the number one thing. Uh, Luke Roberts, why don't you come in here with whatever questions, final questions that you have before uh, Jason has to get ready for his match? 
Well, I got to say right now, I would be honestly, I, I, I being around wrestling as long as I have, one of the, the great things that I've had the opportunity, and Jason, I hope you'll agree with me here, is the idea of seeing professional wrestling from all different parts of the world. And one of the things that I got to say, I really found to be quite, um, quite interesting, quite exciting to me was a group called the YRR, and I, 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 would, I have to ask you, Jason, what can you share with us? I know you're, you're, you've got a match coming up in just a few minutes, but can you give <laughs> the okay. listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast just that little snippet about the YRR? Because that definitely is one of those that fans, especially of Ring of Honor and Full Impact Pro, would definitely <laughs> Okay. All right. Awesome. So, um, I was in, so at one point I was running like my team vision dojo in Melbourne before I had this location with, with Jamie Noble. I was there twice a week. Jamie was there once a week. Jamie was the ring of honor champ at the time. And he got me into FIP and Gabe Sapolsky took a liking to me and saw like, he's like, you'd be better as a bad guy, wouldn't you? And I gave him the smile and, uh, and we, uh, sorry. And, uh, so we went with this group. It was going to be called, uh, Madison Inc. It was me and Steve Madison, but really Gabe just based this whole gimmick off of my life. So they actually edited out the Madison Inc. And they just used the line where I said, we're young, rich, and ready for action. And we went with that name because they didn't know how long Madison would be in the, in the group. We added Kenny King to the group, and then Kenny King and I were kind of the group along with Sal Renaro, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, which is now Cesaro, and uh, Jason Blade. And I'm trying to think, ah, he's closing the door. And then we have, like, hired hitmans like Necro Butcher and Madman Pondo. Wow. So, hang on one second. Hang on one second. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. However you feel. Um, just for this Friday. Um, so, that group went really well. And then Kenny and I, we debuted in Ring of Honor together as a team. And then uh, we both wrestled Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. And... Uh, from there, he ended up getting signed, and then Gabe Sapolsky got fired, and Adam and Adam Pierce took over, and uh, he, which was fine. Then he went to his guys, and then that's when I went back to, uh, I was training with Scott Hall to get him ready for TNA, and then got the WWE call. And but the time with the, as the YRR and FIP and Ring of Honor was so much fun because I just got to do, uh, you know, it was like, hey, go out there and be you, not be me, but it's like, so you see MJF, it was kind of that, so. So, and he even uses my pile driver through the ropes, the Jason driver. And when he was in MLW, like, he came up to me, he's like, yeah, kind of, I'm like, all right, cool, dude. You're awesome. Do great with it. Well, well, Jason, I know you've got a match coming up here, but I do have one more question. You've been around professional wrestling. I mean, again, your list of accolades, the promotions you've been in, I mean, you've been all around this world. I have to ask, in in the course of a little over 20 years of being in professional wrestling, what would you say is the biggest change that you've seen in professional wrestling? I guess I will. So the biggest change in professional wrestling is I don't know anybody that's been in the middle of a podcast that's been doing it while making their entrance. Um, no, there's just so much wrestling going on. I got a podcast interview, guys. I'll get to this match in a second. He's just calling me out right now. So, <laughs> hang on. What are you calling me for? What are you calling me for? I'm the champ. Give me a break. Come on. I'm not going to take the spell. Get down. 
I'll have no problem uh, defending this belt. Let's do it. Let me finish up my interview, and then you can get your shot. Uh, enjoy your tag belt. You ain't getting this. So uh, wrestling's changed a lot. But any other questions? Yes, I said I put the belt on. I'm going to beat Josh Dawkins. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it live as we are on the WrestleTalk podcast. We're going to go ahead and let Chase and Rance get into the ring. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Go ahead. Finish up, please. Thank you. I'm on a podcast. No, I'm not ordering pizza. Pizza's over there. Two bucks or two for three. All right. I don't hear you guys. All right. Check out the podcast later. All right, Josh. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks Thanks very much. We have Chase and Rance from the Team Vision Dojo right here on the WrestleTalk podcast. Joe, I got to tell you, I think that was a first here on the WrestleTalk podcast, a wrestler actually talking to us live as he was making his way to the ring. I think that's a first here on the WrestleTalk podcast. Yes. Absolutely. It is absolutely a first for the, the, the Wrestle Talk podcast. And that's one thing about the podcast is you never know what is going to happen on the podcast. You never know. That is true, Joe. That is true. I mean, again, we have to thank Chase and Rance, Team Vision Dojo. You need to check them out online. You can check them out on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of great things happening as a part of the Team Vision Dojo. And, Joe, I mean, again, Great first interview, a little bit ahead of schedule here, but right yes. now as it stands, uh, as it stands right now, we're, we got a couple minutes here. Um, I know that the Russell Talk family has been listening very intently here to the, the Russell Talk podcast and that great interview we had. Um, Joe, I'm going to ask you right now, I know intern Timmy's been scrambling back behind the board trying to get things taken care of here as we prepare for in just a few moments, the shoot and shout segment right here on the Russell Thought Podcast. Uh, yes. So I got to ask you, what what do you think of our first interview here tonight? Oh, I thought it was absolutely amazing. You know, Jason is a guy that's been in the wrestling business for quite some time, and you know, he's, he's busy training some of the, the the biggest names in you know pro wrestling today, like. You know, like Eva Lee and, you know, uh, Josh the Good Woods. And, you know, so it's absolutely amazing. His wrestling career alone is absolutely amazing. So I'm told that have to be able to be on the podcast. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. Uh, it's one of those really a great interview here to start off tonight's episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Um, I know intern Timmy, I think he's just now gotten done scrambling. And, again, that's one of the things about a live broadcast of the Russell Thought Podcast. Sometimes things change on the fly, but you know what? It's not going to stop Luke Roberts. It's not going to stop Nightmare Jones. And you know something? we got a lot of great stuff still to talk about. we got the FWWC coming up in just a few minutes. I'm looking at about 15 minutes from now. We're going to be going forward with the FWWC. We've also, I believe, got snippets of truth coming tonight with Big Daddy P. Going to be taking place in a little under a half hour. And at 830, we're going to have big-time Jim Harris right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm. Joe, now that things have kind of halfway calmed down here a little bit, you know what I think yeah. it's time for? I think it's time for us to take just a few moments and talk 
a little bit of what's on our mind, and you know what that means. It's time, once again, ladies and gentlemen, for one of those great moments of the Russell Talk Podcast. Each and every week, it's time for the Shoot and Shout segment right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. So, intern Demi, if you'd be so kind, would you please hit the Shoot and Shout music? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. It is time for the shoot and shout segment. Yes, I said absolutely. Again, everybody needs to take a drink. But anyway, so I guess I will go and start it off. My shoot and shout is this. It's really, really simple. What is irritating me right now is when intern Timmy can't seem to be able to do his job correctly. Like, Intern Timmy, what are we paying you for? Like, what are you doing, Intern Timmy? Are you trying to sabotage the podcast? That is the question on everybody's mind. Is Intern Timmy trying to sabotage the podcast? Every week he's doing something. Maybe we need to uh, to have a little meeting, and, and maybe we, we, we need to up his pay or, 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 or something. But that is my shooting shot for the night. Well, Joe, I got to tell you right now, um, we may very well have an opportunity here. I know we're going to be heading to the break in just a couple minutes. Maybe we need to have that quick roundtable discussion with intern Timmy. I mean, I'm going to defend intern Timmy here for a minute. And, you know, things have been busy tonight. He does do a good job. He does try his best each and every week as a part of the Russell Talk podcast. And I got to tell you that he has been doing, for the most part, he's been doing a fairly good job as a part of the Russell Talk Podcast. We're leaving him behind the board here tonight to make sure everything comes through in as best quality audio as we can. Joe, i got to tell you right now, my shoot and shout this week, it's going to be a little bit out there. And, again, I hope you bear with me. Mine's not about the world of professional wrestling. Mine is something that's completely out of almost everybody's control, and that is the weather. i got to tell you right now, Sunday afternoon, I had a great opportunity. It was 70 degrees. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Having an opportunity to stand out outside of my home, cooking on my grill, enjoying a great Super Bowl. And now I'm sitting here right now at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock almost on the East Coast. And i got to tell you right now, I'm sitting here, and I'm seeing all sorts of kind of crummy weather. It's been drizzling. It's been kind of borderline fleet here in the St. Louis area. They're talking about a lot more nasty weather to come. I think they're talking three to four inches of snow that's going to be hitting the St. Louis area. I got to tell you right now, for all my friends here in the greater Midwest, you're going from Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, all those people here in the Midwest, we're kind of getting used to this complete change in things. One minute it's 70 degrees, the next it's going to be 30, and we're going to have snow on the ground. I got to tell you right now, my my biggest complaint right now is will the weather make up its mind once and for all? I believe it was uh, uh, Fuxatani Phil didn't see a shadow, but it's obvious here in the greater St. Louis area that the groundhog and not seeing a shadow is definitely not making a difference here in St. Louis. And it's really getting aggravating here, Joe. But you know something, Joe? Right now, 
we've got a lot of great stuff still to come. I mean, we've got the FWWC. We've got big-time Jim Harris, uh, retired referee, commissioner, and the founder of the Independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's going to be joining us in about 30 minutes right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Joe, i got to tell you. I'm wore out, and we're only an hour in, but we got a lot of great stuff still to come. I think right now what we're going to do is we're actually going to do something a little bit ahead of schedule. We're just a couple minutes shy of 8 o'clock. What we're going to go ahead is we're going to go ahead and head to the break, and when we come back, I know there's going to be a lot of hot topics to discuss as a part of the FWWC, so make it a point to continue listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee, or actually tonight I guess it should be the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Luke right here as a part of WrestleTalkPodcast.com. we got a lot of great stuff still to come. And, Joe, I know you're going to need a few seconds to talk to intern Jimmy. So, intern Jimmy, if you'd be so kind, let's go ahead and hit that break song, and we're going to come back in just a couple minutes with the FWWC right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Intern Timmy, take us to the break. Jones. 
What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. See? See what happens? See, Facebook Live, and I forget to to put myself on. So I've been talking for the past five minutes, and nobody on the podcast was able to hear me. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Where is the night out when we need him? Anyways, let's go ahead and get into this 30 minutes of the FWWC segment. If everybody could be so kind as to go into the backstage chat and post this number, 657-383-1521. We'd love to hear everybody from the FWWC because we got a lot of stuff going on. Let's go ahead and bring on one of the new general managers of the FWWC, and that is the one and only Tank Westbrook. How's it going, Tank? How you doing, sir? How you doing tonight uh, there, Nightmare Jones? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Uh, I was was told that, you know, Nightmare Jones is not here tonight. This is Joe Lance from the Russian Talk Podcast. You don't have to worry about Nightmare Jones, uh, you know, being a joke and some of the stuff he does. So, so yeah, so you decided you wanted to become a general manager. Now, are you ready for what's about to happen with you being the general manager, sir? I'm I'm ready as I can ever be. I got a good uh, good mentor who I'm you know took over from the Blue Brain, which is no longer called the Blue Brain. We are called the Infinite Brain. Uh, Infinite. Curtis Black, he, yes, uh, it's called the Infinite Brain. Um, you know, Curtis Black has left me in really good hands, and I do have a good mentor um, that I can look up to. And if I have any questions, go to him, and you know help me succeed. So uh, I'm ready for this uh, year three of the FWWC brain battle. And uh, any any superstar that's willing to get opportunities, hand it to them, um, you know, through work and ethic and busting their butt, always hit me up. I'm, I'm willing to tell everybody, you know, there's opportunity of growth for yourself. And I can't wait for this year. 
Absolutely. Take another drink. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, speaking from a, a, uh, perspective of a, a general manager, it is definitely a, 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 a tough job, but from what I've seen, I think that, that, that you've got a good head on your shoulder, and I think that you're going to be able to do it. Now, do you think that you can finally get the Infinite brand, which formerly is the Blue brand, their first ever uh, win? Because, you know, we this we, we've had the uh, challenge twice now, and both times, the red brand has won. Are you going to be the general manager that's going to get the infinite brand their first win? Um, I don't. I don't want to sound cocky, and I don't want to jinx myself. But I do have a good heart. Uh, good heart, and it's strong. It's definitely telling me that yes, we you know with the right people, with the right mentality, um, we can go very far. So mm-hmm. this isn't just a this is a marathon. I'll put it that way. This isn't a short race. You can't just, you know put all your eggs in one, you know, basket. You gotta start out slow, you gotta work your way up and then go with the ground running. So like I said, it, it's gonna be a def, different year three because not only do we have, you know, the infinite brain, you have the Inferno brain, which is the old red, and now we have the Rise, which is the new uh, well, it used to be called the UXD, but now it's called the Rise, and so there's now not only another brand, you got two other brands going for it. So, good luck to the other two brands. But I, I just, my head, my heart, my passion for this is uh, pretty strong, and I, I feel really great about this. So, yes, I feel like we can bring out the win. Awesome. So. I guess that my last question would would be, is there any superstars that you are looking at to join your brand? Or do you not want to say because of the the other brand uh, GMs could be listening? I knew, knew that question would probably pop up, not only for myself, but probably for the other two GMs. Um, yes, our, there are a couple superstars out there that I haven't been in contact with, um, wanting them to show me what they have. Um, I've already asked them what they have to offer me. And, you know, um, a good bit of them are coming with a very good uh, resume, as I, as I should say. So there are okay. some out there that I'm looking at, but I am not I – can't, I can't put their names out there. Um, so when we do go, go to draft day, that's all I can say is, Definitely be watching. Absolutely. So we do have a question from the Facebook Live, and it says they want to know if faction loyalty is going to be more important than the FWWC to this new crop of general managers. So is faction loyalty going to be more important to you than anything else? I can guarantee it 100% honestly tell you that there will not be a faction loyalty. Um, you want something, you work for it. You want this, you work for it. Um, I'm not just uh, going to hand you something because you were, you are a member of the Saviors of Funk. I'm sorry. Um, so 
I'm, you know, if, if any of the SOF members are listening, I'm sorry to probably bust your bur- bubble, but you're, you're going to have to work for it. There you go. Spoken word. All right, Tank, what, anything else that you want to say before we let you go? To all the superstars in the FWWC, good luck um, with year three. And uh, show me what you got because I'm definitely scouting every single one of you all. Bring your A game. Bring it. Show it. I want to see it. Good luck. Awesome. There you go. One of the new general managers, Tank Westbrook. All right, so let's bring on the next general manager, uh, formerly of the, the Red Brand. We have Hardcore Sis. How's it going, Hardcore Sis? It's going great there. Uh, you know, Joe, it's it's good to see you. Miss you, Night Owl, mm-hmm. if you're listening. Uh, you know, I, I've been listening to what Tank had to say. And, you know, Tank, you're, you're a nice guy, but nice guys finish last. And uh, oh. I really hope I really hope that you bring the heat <laughs> this year. And I mean to tell you that because I am the Inferno team, and we will be bringing the heat. And I do want to tell you before you even ask me the question about brand, you know, faction loyalty, I am La Familia, and I will always be La Familia, and I will always love my La Familia family. But faction war is one thing. A brand battle is another. And in the brand battle, those members of my team, Inferno team, will be my Inferno team. And when we are in the Inferno locker room, when we are on the Inferno team, we are a team. Team, together, everyone will accomplish more. We will be a team. I will not be showing partiality to anybody. Everyone will have a chance. If you put in the work, if you do what's expected of you, if you show hardcore cis respect, hardcore cis will give it right back to you. We will work as a team, and as a team, me and everyone on my brand will win this battle. Now, a lot of people think hardcore cis can't win this battle. And, hey, there was a poll put up earlier today, and nobody voted for hardcore cis because nobody thinks hardcore cis can beat this thing. Nobody thinks hardcore cis has what it takes. But I like that because that makes me the underdog. And I've already talked to a couple people who want to be on my team. And I want them on my team because they are winning combinations and we will win this battle. Absolutely. You know, ready to bring the fire, hardcore sis. You know, Tank, he comes on here. He's 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 the the gentle giant. And then hardcore sis comes on and she's 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 bringing the heat. So, hardcore sis, do you think that that you are going to be able to bring the the former red brand its third in a row brand battle championship. At the risk of sounding cocky and conceited, hell yeah. (laughs) My team is the Inferno team. We are going to be bringing the fire all season. I promise you we are going to be lit and we are going to be on fire all, all season. And I'm already working on some big things for my group, and we are going to be coming out of the gate on fire, and we're going to stay that way all season long. You keep your eye on us because we are going to do it. And it's not just going to be me, but my team. And I tell you, I don't care if you are 
SOF, if you are La Familia, or if you are Devil's Dynasty, if you're on my team, you're on my team. That makes you a part of my group, my red Inferno family, and we will work as a team, and there will be no partiality. What are you doing in town, Tammy? What are you doing? Why are you handing me this paper? Oh, my God. All right, so hold for sis. We just got a paper from the Nightmare Jones. He says to have your people talk to his people about, you know, joining this red brand. So Nightmare Jones says for your people to talk to his people. Why is Nightmare Jones always interrupting this podcast? Why? <laughs> Well, I will put that on my list, and I will definitely keep you in mind, Nightmare Jones. But I got to tell you, Nightmare, if you're on my team, you better bring it, because you better be willing to be on fire and stay on fire all season long. Every time. All right, so the last question, is there anybody in the FWWC that you've got your eyes on that, you know, or do you not want to say like Tank didn't, didn't say? You know, that's the one thing I'll give Mr. Mr. Westbrook. He is definitely a smart fellow when it comes to that. I'm not going to put out the names of the people that I'm talking to. I don't know if they're talking to Mr. Westbrook, if they may be talking to, you know, he'll deal. I, you know, I'm not going to put it out there because I certainly don't want anyone else to focus on folks that I want. But I will say that there are several people, and there are quite a few that I have talked to who have told me that they'd like to be on the red brand, and I do intend to try and get every one of them who have told me they want the red brand as their home. I have also talked to a couple who have said, I don't care which brand I wind up on. I just want to be on a brand and you will be smart to pick me up. Now, a couple of those, you're right. I would be really smart to pick up. And a couple of those, well, maybe I'll pick you up. Maybe I won't, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I have a few – I have quite a few people in mind, and if I can build the team I'm thinking to build, <laughs> I'll just say this. We're going to be on fire, and that's why we wow. are the Inferno team. All right. Well, of course, this is anything else you want to say before we let you go. Just if you haven't made up your mind what brand you want to be on, you need to get with the program. Get those promos up. Let us know where you want to go. If you don't care where you go, let us know that too. But put those promos up. Let us know what you want. Let us know where your loyalties may lie. Be loyal to me. Be respectful to me. And if you're on my team, I will give you the same. Let me know what you want. And if you want to be in matches on Monday or Friday or next Monday, hit one of us up. Let us know what you want to do. If you don't already, if you're not already out there. Let us know. We've come to some of y'all. Now, y'all come to us as well. Don't wait for us to come to you. Come get us. Let us know. Shake it. Let's do this, people. Let's make this year rock. There you go. All right. Hardcore sis, bring in the fire. Bring in the fire. All right, let's go ahead and bring in the last general manager. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the heel deal, boom, baby. What is boom, going on? Joe, boom, the heel deal is here. 
So what made you want to become a general manager? You know, Joe, you know what? The Warriors Heart Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, unifying the heavyweight tag team titles, the United States title, my little Euro, all those championships, all those championships, and I was thinking, what is next for the heel deal? And it was a little foggy for a while, it was a little foggy, and then, and then the night owl called me, and he talked, and suddenly... I was like, that's it. That is it. The next step for the heel deal is to run a brand, not just any brand, the top brand, number one, Mr. Number One, and to win a brand battle. And that is what I'm going to do, Joe. I'm not just going to score points. I'm not just going to win rounds. I am going to win the battle and be number one like I always am. Absolutely. Way to bring the fire so way to... Oh, you gotta be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Alright, here deal. We just got another letter from the Nightmare Jones. She said to have your people talk to his people about joining the your brand for the, the brand battle. Why is in terms of me allowing Nightmare Jones to interfere in this Podcast every week. La, La Familia, we got our ways. We got our ways. Boom, Nightmare Jones will talk, my friend. <laughs> All right. So I guess that that uh, I gotta ask you the same question that everybody else was asked: Is faction loyalty going to be more important to you than the FWWC? He. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. On on the Heel Deal show, on the Heel Deal's brand, we are going to be real. See, Tank insists they're saying all the right things. They're, they're, they're giving you candy, and they're giving you ponies and horses and everything you want to hear. I'm a realist. I'm the real deal. I'm the Heel Deal. And you know what? I'm La Familia, baby. I'm La Familia, and if you don't think that if I happen to have some of my brothers on my brand that I'm not going to give them pleasantries, you're lying to yourself. I'd be lying to myself. So, no, I am going to have my loyalty to La Familia. But you know what? I also want to win. I also want to win. So this is how it's going to go. You may hate me. I may hate you. But together... On rise, I can guarantee you one thing, victory, victory. We don't need to be friends. We don't need to be a family. No, we just need to be number one. And together, we will be number one. So don't come to rise to be my friend. Don't come to rise to be my family. You have other friends. You have other family. You come to rise if you want to win. Because we will be number one. Boom. Wow. Wow. All right. So my last question, is there anybody in the FWWC that the heel deal has had his eyes on? Oh. Oh. Wow. I've always been partial to that top title, to that warrior's heart championship 
But then I'm partial to all championships. So am I saying I'm scouting the champions? Or am I scouting people that could win those championships for me? Or am I saying that I'm going to stay away from the championships? Maybe I'm just not saying anything. Maybe I'm looking at everybody. Maybe, maybe there's a lot going on. You just have to wait and see until draft day when the heel deal makes those picks that will make him and rise number one. Absolutely. Uh, Susie Haas on the uh, uh, F, on the uh, uh, Facebook Live says that that her unicorn farts rainbows and she's La Familia too. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore sis. It's it's all love, but you yourself, you yourself said it was it was business. It was business, and part of heel deals business is victories and championships and trophies and winning brand battles. <laughs> there you go. All right, heel deals. Is there anything else you want us to know before we let you go, sir? It's simple. I've already said it once. I'll say it one more time and ain't that the magic number number one if you want to win that'll be my friend that'll be my family but win the brand battle and all that comes with it you come to rise because if you rise you'll rise all the way we're going with the puns we're playing on the words but at the end of the day number one boom absolutely ladies and gentlemen that was the heel deal. All three general managers brought the fire tonight. Uh, this is 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 shaping up to be an amazing year for the FWWC. But let's go ahead and get our next caller in. Uh, kind of scared to get this caller one because he does kind of scare me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Voorhees. What's going on, sir? It's been a while since you heard from me, hasn't it, Joe? It, it, it definitely, definitely has. Um, you know, when he's in the FWWC, things are, are, are starting to pick up, and we got new general managers and new, new brands. Where does Voorhees want to go? And let all decide on who wants to pick me up. Do they want an insane psycho killer on their brand that loves to break bones and keep them? Next question. That is 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 a very very good answer, but it's not really the answer. What brand do you want to go to? Not not whoever picks you up. It's what brand do you want to go to? Would you would you rather work with Tank Westbrook? Would you rather work with Hardcore Sister? Would you rather work with hard, with with the Heel Deal? I'm asking all the tough questions. Well, only time will tell. It depends on, like I said, who wants 
an indestructible force on that brand. There you go. Anything else for he's before we let you go? I will say this. Whoever picks me up on that brand will be very, very satisfied with the damage and destruction that I will give to that brand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was FWWC Superstar Voorhees. Uh, basically, he doesn't care where he goes. It could go to, he, he doesn't really care where he goes. So, you know, that's, should that, that maybe all three general managers need to get in contact with Voorhees' people and see, you know, where his head is at, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You know, and but it's just with with, with Nightmare Jones. You know, Nightmare Jones just seems you know he's telling Tank to 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 get with it with his people. He's telling Hardcore Sis to get with his people. He's telling Heel Deal to get with his people. So you know, really, I'm I'm guessing Nightmare Jones is saying that you know it doesn't matter where he goes. He's wanting to go with whoever gives him the best deal. Let's go ahead and get in one more caller before we end the WWC segment. 314-418, you can be live on the Rest of Talk Podcast with Joe Renee. Here we speak with so I can get your name down. Once again, Hello? 314. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is Jimmy Harris. Okay, hold on one second. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the FWWC segment. This is live. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Roberts. Luke, what is going on, sir? Well, Joe, I got to tell you right now, that was a, a pretty insightful segment there, uh, part of the FWWC. But, you know, I got to tell you right now, when you talk about people who fall under the category man, myth, legend, that's a, that's a title that gets thrown around a lot in professional wrestling, but the next guest we're going to have on the Wrestle Talk podcast here tonight is a man who I have to say I have had the honor and privilege of knowing for the better part of my career. And this man right here over the course of 34 years in professional wrestling has seen it all and done it all. I mean, again, an accomplished referee. He's been a longtime commissioner I mean, again, that shows the respect that not only professional wrestling fans, but professional wrestling management have had in regards to this gentleman. And right now, uh, he's embarked in 2020, uh, really taking a new focus to another avenue in the world of professional wrestling, that being the independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. So, intern Jimmy... I know we had some issues with making sure that the right call gets through. So tell you what, let's go ahead and hopefully you can get the music right this time for our next guest here tonight on the Russell Talk podcast, 
big time Jim Harris. Intern Jimmy, hit the music, and I hope you can get it right this time. All right, hopefully everything's been taken care of now. Uh, Jim, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Harris, I want to apologize. Again, it's one of those things where I thought if we talked to intern Timmy over the break that he would have all of the technology stuff taken care of. But unfortunately, we're still going to have to work with him a little bit to make sure those are taken care of. Uh, We want to welcome you here tonight to the WrestleTalk podcast. And, and, Jim, I want to, first of all, uh, for those that aren't familiar with you and and the legacy that you have in the St. Louis professional wrestling community, can you explain or share with us your uh, beginnings in professional wrestling? How did you get involved all those many years ago in the world of professional wrestling? Well, you know, uh, I started off uh, from around the neighborhood and knew a lot of different guys and uh we were involved in wrestling the chase stuff for a lot of years, knew a lot of different people. And, uh, I actually started working with slick Rick Robertson, who was, uh, hailed from Canada and, uh, invited me up to, uh, the practice ring one day. And the practice ring at that time was actually inside the South Broadway Athletic club. We didn't have a gym to go to. We actually worked in the back room. And, uh, that's where I got introduced to, uh, guys like Gary Jackson, Ron Powers, John Blackheart, uh, the Wave Spies, uh, Johnny Jett, and all those guys. And uh, uh, so I grew up in a hurry and learned real quick the, the ropes of things. And uh, I started back in 1985. And I remember when uh, Philly Blunt started and all those guys. So, you know, uh, I watched all these guys come along, grow. Uh, I grew up working with Herb Simmons, Tony Costa, and I worked in uh, – got to work with the legends. I got to meet uh, Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher and uh, Ted DiBiase and all those guys, Greg Valentine, uh, you know, so I I was uh, brought up into understanding the concept of wrestling. So, yeah, I got a little bit of a legacy of, of learning from the, the greats out there, you know, and uh, I got to train under great guys like uh, Eddie Smith, who is not only a referee for Wrestling Chase, but he's also a wrestler and uh, learned a lot from him and Terry Riley and all those guys. And, uh, I mean, I, I come a long way from a whole lot of great folks. And uh, it was thanks to, uh, you know, uh, Herb Simmons and those guys that got me started in business and introduced me to these guys and and to work with the greats like Larry Matizak, who taught me a lot over the years and kept me on the right track. And, uh, you know, Grew up in a great atmosphere with a lot of great guys. Well, well, Jim, I got to tell you right now. I mean, again, you and I have known each other for many years. I mean, when you start talking about the names like um, guys like Ed Smith, and again, Ed Smith. For those that aren't familiar in the Russell Talk uh, podcast family, Ed Smith has a uh, again so many things that he has contributed. I mean, a referee, a competitor, and one thing. And Jim, I know that on many occasions, you along with myself had the opportunity to experience uh, Ed Smith along alongside um, Herb Simmons doing commentary for a lot of professional wrestling events as well. Uh, when you look at, 
Uh, again, some of the names you talk about Terry, uh, Terry the Tiger Riley. You talk about the Wave Spies. You talk about, uh, I mean, again, there are so many names that, I mean, again, it, it's like a trip down memory lane here for me. Um, <laughs> but, but, but my question to you, my next question to you is this. Um, when you sit here and you look at professional wrestling right now, I mean, again, you've had a lot of things happen in your career. I want to take a step back here, and I want to look at something that a lot of professional wrestling fans don't know. And um, doing the research, talking with you, and talking with um, intern Timmy when he actually does his job correctly um, <laughs> is the fact that you had uh, a match that not only holds a special place in St. Louis history, but in the world of the WWE. Um, can you share with us uh, your your knowledge and your uh, interactions with one, Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember when Randy, uh, uh, actually, I, you know, I came up with Bob Orton for a lot of years, did a lot of matches, and uh, if you look at my Facebook pages and postings, you see where you, my grandson has grown over the years. That's how long I've known Bob. And uh, uh, Bob Orton trained with Randy in our gym and stuff, and so I worked with Bob and uh, Randy and I was picked as a referee to do the first match for Randy Orton at uh, MMWA down at the South Florida Athletic Club. And this was way before Randy was in the WWE. So he was doing some matches and getting in shape and being ready for the WWE. And he started at the South Florida Athletic Club. And I had the privilege of refereeing that first match and interacting with him at that level and sharing a locker room with him. And it was an amazing uh, time to be there and listen to uh Bob talked to Randy and the things he wanted him to do and, and work on and just to watch how they worked and, and be a part of that was just amazing. So well, well Jim, uh, I mean again, when you, when you Yeah, well when you when you look at, at again, that in itself would be a huge accomplishment to hang your hat on. But I gotta tell you right now, when you talk about professional wrestling referees, uh you got the nickname big time, not just from one wrestler, but you got it from a lot of wrestlers. I mean, you talked about the names like the Ron Powers, the the Night Train, Gorgeous Gary Jacksons. You talk about the John Blackhearts. You talk about the Chris Gaiasons. You talk about the Giant Assassins of, of the St. Louis professional wrestling scene. You got the you got the name big time because for many years you were the guy. You were the third man in the ring. You were requested by countless wrestlers. How does it feel when you are given such a nickname and, and the wrestlers not just in one promotion but in countless promotions across the Midwest can recognize your ability as the third man inside the ring? Well, again, that, that you know, it was it's such a compliment, such an honor to be requested for those matches. Uh, it got to a point where the wrestlers trusted me being in the ring. They knew they felt safe and they knew I was going to do what was right. Uh, the promoters trusted me to do what was right. Uh, you know, I, I, I came up in the day age where you had to understand the concept of wrestling. You had to know your place, know what you needed to do. You had to know how to move and be just as quick as those wrestlers do. I trained just as hard as any wrestler did. Uh, I trained every day. I worked out every day, did cardio every day, because you had to be just as fast as they were in that ring or you get crushed, you know, uh, and the thing was that they had enough respect for me that I was fair. I was down the line. There will be order in my ring, and I run that ring, and that's the way it's going to be. And uh, it was great 
huge, uh, and I'm very honored at the respect that they gave me and the trust they gave me. And I learned a lot from them uh, in growing up in this business. Uh, it's not like in the day and age where you see those guys all wearing earpieces in their ear to be told how to referee. Uh, we learned how to referee. We learned how to be that third man. And you learn how to uh, do what's necessary for that match to keep that match going and, and keep those fans uh, involved. And uh, it's such an honor to be allowed to do that. I remember many a year, a couple of years where I was the only referee in a lot of those matches, a lot of those shows, and I was doing six, seven matches a night. And, uh, you know, so you had to be in good cardio shape, and I think that's why I had the respect of a lot of the wrestlers because I was in good shape to be in that ring with them. Well, well Jim, i got to tell you right now, I mean, again, I've had the opportunity on several occasions as you know, you and I have traveled up and down the roads, not just here in the St. Louis area, but throughout this Midwestern part of the country and being in the ring. And, again, to be a referee is a its a very different animal. They, a lot of wrestling fans know what it's like to see these, these professional wrestlers that are in great physical shape. Their physical specimens are in great cardiovascular shape. But what, they, what a lot of times people fail to understand is how much work and dedication and effort it takes to be a referee inside the ring. And I, I have to say right now that it's very cool tonight. This is going to be kind of a, a unique perspective when it comes to refereeing because you've got big-time Jim Harris here, a longtime referee, part of the WrestleTalk podcast here at the evening. You got Luke Roberts, a man who's been known to down the stripes now and again. And you also got Joe Nightmare Jones Lance, who also has had the opportunity on multiple occasions to don the stripes as well. You know what? This is going to be one of those I could walk all night on down memory lane with Jim, but I want to pass things over to my broadcast colleague, Joe Lance, because I know he's got some questions that he wants to ask you as a part of tonight's interview right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. So, Joe, I'm going to turn things over to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Luke Roberts. You're having all kinds of issues tonight. The, the Facebook live feed just died on me, so I got a new Facebook live feed going. But anyway, so, uh, Jim, you were actually mentored by some of the some legendary referees like Dave Pepper, Ed Smith, and Terry the Tiger Wiley. Who like being mentored by those gentlemen? Oh my God, it was so amazing uh, just to talk with Ed Smith and the history of wrestling at the Chase uh, and Sam Muchnick and Larry Matizak and you know all the legends that they trained with and, uh, and for Ed to guide me and. Uh, Ed, Ed got in my backside a few times when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, you, you suck it up. You say, yes, sir. You learn and you keep pushing. And I think that's where I learned not only respect for uh, the ring and the people in that ring, but the respect that comes from the legend of saying that you're part of St. Louis history and the wrestling, that you carry that honor. And to be able to learn from those guys and have that information and, and them having the faith to give it to you. It's, uh, God, it's so amazing. And uh, I've been very blessed to be with those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, so you were recognized by the Missouri State Athletic Commission as the top referee in the state of Missouri. What would you like to have that honor of being recognized as the top referee in the state of Missouri? Well, I, I tell you, uh, when Ed Monahan gave that to us, he 
he really caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting anything. I knew the Lumberjacks were getting something. Gary Jackson was getting something. And I knew uh, the Costas were getting something. So uh, for Ed to call me up there and, and, and give me that plaque, that was – God, so uh, it made me very humble and very respectful. And then to be recognized by the state commission, that was just uh, unbelievable and amazing. Uh, Tim Lukenhoff and his crew – uh, for them to give me that uh, compliment and give me that plaque and uh, recognize me as the top referee in the state of Missouri was uh, such an honor that, it, I mean, it's just so hard to explain. And it's all because of the fans that supported me and the wrestlers that supported me and the great training that I got from Ed Smith and, and watching Terry Riley and, and Bob mm-hmm. and all those guys. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, uh it it definitely sounds like like that sounds like like a a definitely some amazing amazing story and you know after your your professional wrestling career you know retired you decided to start up the uh, the independent St Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame what made you want to start up a Hall of Fame well what. You know, you see a lot of Hall of Fames. You see a lot of different people doing Hall of Fames. And, uh, you know, everybody does their own little thing, their own little world. One of the things, uh, and I took over as commissioner for uh, one of the wrestling groups here, was that I listened to the fans. Uh, as a referee, uh, I had a, I actually had a fan base as a referee. I actually sold uh, merchandise. <laughs> people were wearing my shirts with my picture on, you know, uh, because I had such a fan club that I was – about my business and my business was the fans. And uh, one of the things that I, I enjoyed was that even as a commissioner that I made sure the fans had to say so. So I would give them an opportunity to, I'd give them some names and say, hey, uh, these people, who would you like to see a match with? And well, you know, they got to pick the match for that, for the next show. Well, I'm doing the same thing with the Hall of Fame. So the thing was, everybody was getting skipped around and we were losing sight of why St. Louis was the hub of the wrestling mecca, uh, the machine. We were the center hub. Missouri was, St. Louis was the hub. Uh, that's why Munchnick was here, and, and when he ran, when he ran here, it was so successful. Everybody wanted what Sam Munchnick did. And in order to keep the independent wrestling alive, uh, guys like Herb Simmons and them were uh, carrying that torch, and they still carry it to this day. And I'm a proud to say that I'm a big part of that because they brought me into that. So I wanted to honor the men and women who helped keep St. Louis on the map and why we were here, where we're at. And I didn't want the Hall of Fame to be one of those, it's just strictly for one group. It's not like that at all. It's for everybody that wrestled in this area. Uh, as you'll see, a lot of the Hall of Fame people that are on there have wrestled all over the place. So they weren't strictly just Missouri, but they were a big part of what Missouri was about. And right now on the fan page uh, for Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame on Facebook, we're doing a poll. We're letting them pick what female wrestler should be the first female wrestler put into the Independent St. Louis Hall of Fame. And that poll is going as we speak right now. So the fans are involved as part of the voting process. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've been talking to a lot of, of people that are going to be inducted in, into the uh, Independent St. Louis Wrestling Hall of, 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 of fame. Uh, this year's class 
is is going to be is, is going to include Dave Ibsen, the Lumberjacks, Terry the Tiger, Riley, John Blackheart, and Ron Powers. That is an amazing, amazing group of gentlemen to go into the St. Louis uh, wrestling at uh, the Independent St. Louis Wrestling Hall of of, of Fame. Say that three times fast. Uh, yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at guys like. You look at guys like yeah. Ron Powers. Ron Powers, now, you know, that was a big man. He trained under, he worked in, uh, under Bruiser Brody, with Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, Ron's known from WCW. He's run over in Japan. He's had like four or five tours in Japan alone in New Japan uh, before New Japan really came out. Uh, Ron was from Puerto Rico. He's, Ron's a traveler, and Ron was a huge part of the St. Louis wrestling scene. Uh, you can't have a Hall of Fame without having somebody like Big Ron Powers in there. Uh, his legendary battles throughout Missouri, Illinois, uh, he, so he just traveled everywhere, Japan and Puerto Rico, and and uh, he worked at Harley Race at the WOW. Uh, that's how I got introduced to Harley Race and started refere- I actually refereed at Harley Race for a while as well. You know, so it was just – that that basket on that knowledge, and then you can find Ron Powers on different places where you can see him wrestling WCW with Big Show and guys like that. Uh, mm-hmm. How could you not put a guy like Ron Powers into the Hall of Fame? Right, you know, John, Bla- John Blackheart trained legends. John Blackheart is a big part of the training of a lot of the people you see out there to this day. Uh, John trained a lot of people that are in the Hall of Fame, so how could you not put uh, John Blackheart in there? And then you look at the Lumberjacks, and then you look at uh, – uh, Dave Hebner, I worked with Dave Hebner, Earl Hebner, and Brian Hebner. I worked with those guys off and on throughout the wrestling scene in, in uh, St. Louis area. Uh, so I got a lot of respect from those guys, and, and I, I learned so much from all of them. I mean, there's such a legacy that people don't realize that these guys, you see them on TNA, WWE, uh, WCW when it was out there. Uh, you see all these guys out there, and you don't realize how much that they are part of the independent scene. Here in St. Louis. Well, absolutely, one one hundred percent. You know what a great group of gentlemen to be going in into to the uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, Rick Roberts, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Because I know you've been chopping at the bit, though. Well, I got to tell you right now, Joe. I mean, again, when we're having the opportunity here to talk to Big Time Jim Harris right here on the Russell Talk Podcast, can six five seven three eight three. One five two one. If you want to give us a call and interact live with the show, you can also check us out on Facebook. Assuming, of course, our Facebook feed is back up and running. I know intern Timmy's been working all night long. I don't know what's happened to it, but like I said, he's trying. We're trying the best we can to get that up and running and taken care of. Now, Jim, I want to sit here for just a minute. You talk about uh, the first class of the Hall of Fame, Tony Costa, Herb Simmons, the second class, Danny Boy, Big Daddy, the Giant Assassin, Keith Smith, Ron, uh, Rob Phillips, Cora Combs, and, and Joe's already made mention to the upcoming class here, uh, the, the third class of the independent uh, St. Louis Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, my question to you is this, and I'm going to look at it because with having as much experience as you do, we've already talked about Randy Orton. I want to take a second here, and this may show my age a little bit in, in the wrestling uh, community as well, but... What would you say, and, and I, I know you talked earlier about Ed Smith. You talked about 
a member of the Hall of Fame, Keith Smith. I've got to ask you, what is it like for you being around professional wrestling as long as you can, as long as you have been, and now seeing uh, a man who is kind of considered to be your mentor, a man that you uh, refereed many of his in-ring wars, that being Keith Smith, and now mm-hmm. seeing Keith Smith Jr., a third generation in this very area, stepping inside the squared circle, what is it? What is the feeling that you get seeing these long-time, long lineages in professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area? Well, you know, and that's something we love to see. I love seeing generations because that means the old school uh, warriors, as they call themselves, so, you know, Keith and uh, uh, call himself the old school, part of the old school warriors. And uh, the thing was that you're passing that legacy down and you, you're hoping that that generation learns and carries that legacy because we have so much history, so much out there that's been ignored that uh, a lot of these young kids, they watch the wrestling on TV, but they don't understand the history of wrestling. They don't understand the legacy that's being left from these legends that are now leaving us. Uh, and to, and I watched little Keith grow up. That was the whole thing. He grew up with my kids and, and to watch him grow up and then come into the refereeing field and then into the wrestling world, uh, it's just amazing to watch them grow and see how well they're uh, progressing and how well they're listening and they're learning because you can only watch so much TV. you got to get out there and learn how to do things. And, and a lot of these kids don't know the basic psychology of wrestling. They don't understand the legacy of the wrestling. They they couldn't even give me a five minute match without touching the rope. You know that was the rule back in the day. Give me a five minute match, don't touch the rope, and I'll be impressed. And they don't understand those things. And that's part of when we talk about the old school uh, training, the old school understanding. Uh, we we didn't have to do a whole lot of talking on TV and stuff. We did our talking in a ring. We could show the people more of, than we could tell them. You know, uh, a lot of that is missing now. I, I feel like a lot of that's missing. And to have guys like Keith Smith Jr. carrying the legacy over. Uh, a lot of the guys, kids are coming from the old school, and you're seeing them grow up. Uh, you see it with Frankie D, his daughter's coming up through the system, you know. Like I said, I've watched a lot of these kids grow up into the system, you know. Uh, and if they carry that legacy and keep that old school at, in their heart and carry it with them everywhere they go, wrestling would be great. Uh, but if you if you forget your legacy, forget where it all started, where it came from, and those names and those people, we're, we're losing a great part of what wrestling was all about and is still about to me in my heart. Uh, to watch, again, these kids grow up in that atmosphere and learn from guys like Cowboy Bob Orton, who's doing a school over in Illinois, uh, and go learn from those guys, learn from those warriors before they're gone because – uh, that legacy, you, you're going to want to know, you want to train, you want to understand. And to watch it, the kids bring it up, I mean, brings joy to me to see that that legacy is being carried on. And to, to see it is amazing. Well, well, Jim, i got to tell you right now, I mean, again, the idea of an independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, and again, the names that have already been brought, brought forward, I'm going to tell you right now, I know the WrestleTalk uh, family – has has followings all across this country. I can tell you right now, I know that there's a lot of people, uh, myself included, that would love the opportunity just to sit down and just talk about, the, as you said, the lineage of professional wrestling, not just of the wrestling at the Chase era, but to talk about the lineage of professional wrestling. You talk about people, and, and just looking at some of the names that I can think of that come to mind when you talk about the lineage of professional wrestling, you talk about 
uh, referees like Terry the Tiger O'Reilly. You talk about Bobby yeah. Patton. You talk about Bama Bodine. You talk about Butch Fletcher. You talk about uh, a good a good friend of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Tom Simon. Uh, I yeah. one I have to say a couple others that I've really seen as of late, uh, Michael Grace and Jay King. Uh, a lot of yeah. great officials here, and and again, that's one thing that's very fortunate. When you look at the Independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, it's not just in-ring competitors. It's people who have given of their time, their energy, and use the metaphor, the blood, sweat, and tears to make the professional wrestling community that much better than they left it. And and Jim, I got to tell you, it's really cool to see this taking place. I know we're going to have another class coming in very, very soon. Uh, make it a point to check out the Independent St. Louis Wrestling uh Facebook account right now. There's a poll. I believe it is. Is it down to two now, or is it still it's, in that semifinal for the women? We're we're down to two. We're down to Terror the Irish Terror and uh, Big Mama Love. That was uh, two big mainstays in the '80s and '90s, and they battled for years back and forth. Back and forth. I refereed a lot of their matches, and it was always interesting uh, refereeing those women matches because you just never knew what was going to happen, you know. And uh, right now, that's the two top. Uh, picks right now so that pulls up for until the end of the week so we're asking everybody to go on their vote uh they were both women's uh champion throughout the uh, state of missouri and illinois and like i said make it a point check out the independent st louis wrestling hall of fame facebook account your voice will be heard as that final inductee for this year's class will be determined by you the fans now jim i know our time's running pretty short here we've got just a few more minutes before we have to conclude this week's episode of the wrestle talk podcast but before we let you go we have one question for you and i know that nightmare jones knows where this is going Every week here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, we kind of have a tradition, and that is what's called the world-famous, the world-renowned Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. It's an opportunity for our guest and one of our hosts, which this week, by default, is going to have to be Joe Lance. Uh, our question here is the opportunity for you to take part in a competition, a little bit of knowledge of wrestling trivia. Um, Jim, would you be willing to take part in this real quick? Uh, I'll give it a shot. You know, my memory ain't like it used to be. <laughs> well, well, like I said, I know for a fact that I, I, I have to say right now, and I'm just going to give you a heads up, the last time I had an opportunity to be here on the Russell Talk podcast, and Jim, I want to give you this little piece of information. Um, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I was on the program, you and the Night Owl went one-on-one, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, what happened the last time you were a part of the Game Show Challenge? I I I I don't remember uh, if I'm not mistaken. I I believe that I swept the night out. Well, well, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe. I have to say, intern Timmy actually managed to get things taken care of, and I'm looking here at my screen right now, and he's shown me the record of 2020. And the first episode of 2020, your figures are a little bit skewed there, Joe. You were swept by the night owl so tell you what we're going to do right here tonight we're going to go ahead and give you a chance at redemption a chance to write your your record a chance to be one and one if you're able to defeat big time jim harris i'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and we're going to set this up the right way intern timmy you've done pretty good here in the second hour other than that little that little issue you had early on in the beginning of the show 
tell you what, let's go ahead and see if you can hit the music for tonight's installment of the world famous Russell Talk Game Show Challenge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the WrestleTalk Podcast own Nightmare Jones and Big Time Jim Harris. In a few moments, gentlemen, I will ask you three questions about a professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight game show challenge. Since both of tonight's competitors are extremely proud of their historic nicknames, tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is Famous Professional Wrestling Nicknames. I will give you the nicknames of three professional wrestlers. When you think you know the answer and who I am talking about with those nicknames, shout out your answer. As a reminder, the first to win two falls will win tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Big time Jim Harris, are you ready? Yeah. All right, Nightmare Jones, are you ready to try to redeem yourself this week? Ready as I'm ever going to be. Let's do it. All right, gentlemen, here we go with the first fall of tonight's contest. This late professional wrestler was known as the Bull of the Woods, Stardust, and the American Dream. Name Dusty him. Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Ladies and gentlemen, we go back to the footage. Intern Jimmy's rolling through, and he's got an answer. The first fall goes to big time Jim Harris. He was correct with Dusty Rhodes. I'm sorry, Joe. You had the right family, but the wrong, wrong branch of it. Dusty Rhodes was correct at this point. It is one fall to nothing in favor of Jim Harris. Jim, are you ready for question number two? Yeah. All right, Joe, I I heard a little bit of whimpering there. Are you ready to come back here in the second fall? Yep. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our second question here tonight on the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. This professional wrestler was known as the Canadian Rage... The Instant Classic and Captain Charisma. Name Christian it. Christian Cage. <laughs> Ladies Christian. and gentlemen, Joe Lance tying it up. One ball of Christian Good Cage. Job, Joe. We could have also we could have also taken Christian as well. Right now the score is one to one. It's now time for that all important at all deciding third fall. Gentlemen, whoever wins this next fall will be the winner of tonight's game show challenge. Nightmare Jones, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Jim Harris, are you ready for the final fall? Yeah, let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this professional wrestler has had many nicknames, including Big Evil, the Lord of Darkness, and the man from the dark side. Name him. Kane? No. The Kane. Undertaker. We have to go back and listen to the footage. 
I will tell you right now, both of your first answers were incorrect. However, Nightmare Jones was able to come back back with the correct answer. (laughs) And Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Nightmare Jones winding up with the victory here tonight on the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And, And Timmy... And, and Jim, I, I, I got to tell you right now, just because I know that Joe Lance wants to hear this, intern Timmy, will you play Joe Lance's victory <laughs> song right here as a part of tonight's game show challenge? Uh, intern Timmy, play the song. Play the here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Uh, big time Jim Harris, we want to thank you for coming on the program tonight and spending just a few minutes talking with us about your very storied and, and uh, legendary career inside the ropes that we call the professional wrestling ring and also talking about the independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. For those that would like to know more about the Hall of Fame, upcoming inductees, or a matter of fact, to uh, take part in the voting for that final induction for this year's third class. Um, can you go ahead and let the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast know how to follow up with you and the Independent Hall? Yeah, if you go on Facebook and look up the uh, Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, you'll find it there. Uh, I answer, I, I run the page pretty much, so if you uh, ask me a question, I'm the one that normally answers them all. Uh, you can also find my page on Jimmy Big Time Harris. I do have a page just for that uh, there as well. I'm also part of the One Universal Production crew, so you can hit me on three different Facebook pages and catch up with me anywhere on those pages. All right. Well, like I said, I want to thank you myself, Jim, for coming on the program tonight. I know it's a, it's a great time for me, and I know it's been a great time. Our uh, Facebook feed, I know a lot of people have been saying great things about the Independent Hall and our time with big-time Jim Harris. Joe, do you have anything left to add before we go ahead and let uh, Mr. Harris take care of his business and make sure that he gets things ready to go as we conclude this week's episode? Oh, just uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's always great to, to talk to somebody that, that you know, has so much experience in the professional wrestling world. And, you know, uh, so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, sir. Well, I thank you guys for uh, taking the time. And, uh, like I said, I'm happy to help out uh, – because the legacy we have, we need to share with everybody, and we need to let the world know who we are and why we're where we're at and uh, the great people we have from Kansas City to St. Louis, over to Illinois, from Cahokia to, you know, East Crownlet and Springfield and all over the place. I mean, we got some great talent in this area. And, people, if you get a chance to go catch an independent show, I say go do it because that is some of the best wrestling you're going to see. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was big-time Jim Harris right here on the WrestleTalk Podcast. Jim, again, thank you very much for coming on the program tonight. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Sounds great, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll get you out there and you can catch the uh, 
Hall of Fame, which uh, right now it's scheduled for May 16th, and I'll, I'll give you guys a message on the location, and uh, fans are welcome to be there. Uh, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, well, like I said, right now you hear it there. Big time Jim Harris here on the Russell Talk podcast here tonight. Joe, I got to tell you, tonight's show has had a little bit of everything. We've had great guests. We had the FWWC. I mean, we've got a lot of great things going on here tonight. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and conclude this week's episode? Oh, man, you know, just, you know, what a great, great episode. You know, we just want to thank all of our fans for, for watching uh, you know, we, you know, definitely want to tell our fans to uh, check out the um, the Adrenaline Podcast, which is on. You can catch out every episode on Dragon Warrior Kung Fu uh, YouTube. They have they have about nine episodes out, and they have a new episode every Saturday. So it's an amazing podcast. Check it out, Dragon Warrior Kung Fu on YouTube. So yeah, it's been a great show. Well, Joe, I got to tell you right now, it's always a great time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I mean, tonight we had an opportunity to hear from the Team Vision Dojo and Jason Rant. Had an opportunity to hear from Big Time Jim Harris. Again, make it a point. Check out Team Vision Dojo. I know they've got a website. You can check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Again, as you heard from Big Time Jim Harris a few moments ago, you can check them out on Facebook as well. Uh, the third class of the Independent St. Louis Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame is going to be going in uh, here in just a couple months. And Joe, I got to tell you right now, I I I'm not one of those to to uh, spoil things. I'm not one of those to kind of let the surprise out. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, for those that want to catch up with Dynamo Pro Wrestling, make it a point Saturday night, February 22nd, Concordia Turner's Gymnasium in St. Louis, Missouri. Dynamo Pro Wrestling is going to present Mardi Gras Mayhem. A lot of great matches already signed. You have the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, Lights Out Adrian Surge, defending against the Roman Dynasty, Karim Bragante. You're also going to have a matchup. Uh, former tag team partners and, and current Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions, Jackal and Ricky Rodriguez. There were a lot of issues, a lot of questions after the end of New Year's brawl. And now these two men want the best of friends. I, I guess now you would say they're bitter rivals. And hopefully we'll be able to see what happens as these two men hopefully settle their issues at Mardi Gras Mayhem and the match that fans have been talking about for months and months now. Sadie Blaze taking on the Wind of Destruction Mikazi. You heard me right. The Wind of Destruction Mikazi returns to in-ring action to take on Sadie Blaze, the man who was behind the mask for, for a number of years, actually for a large amount of years. And i got to tell you, those were just several of the matches that are going to take place as a part of Mardi Gras Mayhem. And, Joe, if that wasn't enough, i got to tell you right now, for the fans of the WrestleTalk podcast, make sure to watch out for Facebook and Twitter and the website. I'm going to tell you right now, i got a little bit of a scoop. Make sure to stay active on social media because next week right here on the program, we are going to have two major guests. And I'm going to let a little bit of a spoiler here. Though we talked about it late, we talked about the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, which is going to take place in late April, April 27th to 29th, out of the Gold Coast in Las Vegas, Nevada. We talked about all the great award recipients. I'm going to tell you right now, next Tuesday night, right here on the Russell Talk podcast, 
we are going to have, I got to say, probably two of the biggest guests to date in all of the WrestleTalk podcast. But you know the only way to make sure you find out all that information, check us out Facebook, Twitter, follow us on uh, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Joe, I got to tell you, it's always great being here. And, and yes. I think that's pretty much it. I really do. I, I do have one final question, Luke. Um, you know, this has to, to do with Dino Foe's recent show, the uh, Bowler Derby show. Um, I'm understanding that the snitch lost his match, but once again he was cheated by a fast count. What do you have to say, Luke Roberts? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know where you got your information. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that we know that you've been a part of the silent majority for a while. But I'm going to tell you right now, from my vantage point at Slams and Jams, the snitch can complain all he wants. But in reality, it was one, two, three. The snitch was defeated. He lost the matchup. And now, like I said, I don't know what kind of an issue this is going to set forward with the snitch but I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you right now the snitch always seems to have a reason why he wants to be in a foul mood now I'm going to tell you right now we may very well hear from the snitch possibly as early as Mardi Gras mayhem but I'm going to tell you right now PJ Shine was victorious and again I want to say thank you not only to all the great fans who came out to see slams and jams I also want to say thank you to the arch-rival roller derby for their part in this event. It was an outstanding event. I also want to thank the WrestleTalk podcast for giving us an opportunity last week to have Muckety Muck here on the program. And, Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, Dynamo Pro 2020 is on a roll. The WrestleTalk podcast is on a roll. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're rolling on down the road to episode 300. It's going to be in just a few short weeks. Make it a point to stay on, on top of things. Facebook, Twitter, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. want to thank all of our great sponsors for continuing to support the WrestleTalk Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week here on the WrestleTalk Podcast with Joe and Renee. I'm Luke Roberts. Always alongside of me is Joe Lance. And i got to say right now, we're going to see you next week right here Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Intern Timmy, take us out, and we'll see you next week right here on Wrestle Talk Podcast. Thank you.